0: And then we're gonna po- I'm going to post it on the on the podcast thing that I've, I've done. So you guys can download them and, and listen. You guys can listen in the, in the podcast. You can listen to the one that we do with the Americans. And if anybody knows Hispanics, we're the ones that we do in Hispanics. Right? Uh, so far, it's been pretty good. We had uh, 534 coaches. They have contacted me to be part of uh, one point or, or the other of the talk, so that's pretty good. I know now there's many, many places that they're doing coaches' talks and Zoom talks and all that stuff, so so it, that's awesome. So probably the groups are going to be smaller and smaller. Right, But, um, you know, there's a couple things, you know, that I, I'll talk with you guys. I think we'll talk, that we can start chatting, right, And I think the first one that I sent in the email would be the importance of dry land and weights in your program. What are your expectations from the weight coach? And um, what do you ask of him and of her? Uh, um, I'll start and then maybe somebody else can help me out here. And let's start having like sharing how we do things, you know, or how we've done things in the past. Uh, Right now, um, for me, Weights has never been a very important part of swimming, you know. So, and I think I explained that before. It's important, but it's not always necessary. Um, so the way I work right now, I, I, have, I coach kids 18 and up. We have a strength and conditioning coach just for swimming. The, she develops our weight program, right? So and develops our weight program with us. And, you know, she sits down with me and we talk and I let her know what I would like to happen so when they come out of the wave room uh, they're not so sore that they cannot swim they cannot function right? and since we only have 20 hours a week that we can practice we have to be very efficient with the way we do things so normally the first five weeks of the season we we do weights three times a week with this lady and it's all general you know mainly because we have uh like this past year we had 26 new new swimmers in the group it's about teaching them how to do the right exercises, how to work as a team. You know, uh, there's not much, uh, you know, hypertrophy or, ex, you know, trying to be explosive. Just teach them the right movements. And after five weeks, then we start uh, our program. And then from five, we go the first five weeks three times a week. And then uh, after that, we go two times a week. Uh, and the two times a week that we do weights, as this past year was Monday, and friday because as i told you before we have a three-day cycle the way i designed the season and monday is power speed so we come out of the weight room and then we do power speed with you know with uh power towers stretch cores, uh racks uh white belts and all that type of stuff and then on tuesday we do aerobic work on wednesday we do race pace on thursday we do aerobic work on Friday we do again power and speed. So they, they come out of the weight room and we do that. Right. And always the goal is that the swimmers cannot get too sore or sore in the weight room. Right. It's not about getting bigger, it's about how you can develop certain strength that you can apply in the water. Right. With the, the weights, you know, uh, I don't want too much hypertrophy, but I want I want to be explosive. And I want to be, to have certain type of strength that I can apply when I swim from the 50 to the mile. Right? So our distance swimmers too, they, they're in the weight room, you know. Uh, there's not much difference until the last, until the second part of the year with the type of weights that they do between the distance and the sprinters. Um, and normally we stop the weights around four and a half, five weeks before the big meet. Right? With the weights, also we complement with two sessions, three sessions, between three and two sessions of dryland, of conditioning. And the dryland conditioning is a uh, medicine ball circuit uh, that I, I've done for the last 20 plus years that I used to do with my coach, in in Hungarian coach, Joseph. It's very simple, but it's very effective. And then we introduce uh, boxing, shadow boxing, boxing with partners, we, do, we use this, this um, equipment called 4D Pro. It's kind of a ballistic TRX that you can do butterfly kick. You can do a lot of biometrics. And we do that always. We start three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings. And right after that, we, know, we do uh, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour of conditioning. And then we swim anywhere between an hour to 30 minutes. Because normally in the mornings, we only practice an hour and a half. Those days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And that's in a nutshell, you know, what we do. We also, with the the weight, with the strength and condition, with the dryland, we stop probably four weeks to three weeks. We start changing and probably stopping with some of the athletes. And then three weeks before the meet, we probably give them choice two times a week of doing some sort of like, 10 minutes 15 minutes of medicine ball it's up to them but we don't we don't do it as a team so working that way it's i know it's very simple right now but more or less it's like the way we we work Uh, we don't want the kids to hypertrophy to get huge because you we want the people the kids to get strong in the weight room enough so they can, in the water, we can apply that strength for swimming, if that makes sense. Any questions? You, Doug, you, you've seen what I do. You've done so many different things. So let's, let's just start a conversation here so people can join and make sure that we get something out of this.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I follow a similar, a similar micro cycle to, uh, to what Sergio does um, with the athletes that I have. I tend to uh, i i work uh, i work power training a little bit differently just because they're younger in the dry land and the loadings that they that they take on are, are in probably in a little bit higher qual- quantity um, but less uh, actual physical uh, weight. So um, I I actually cycle it so that um, so that our our dry land falls on a on a power day early in the week. And then our dry land falls on a aerobic day uh, later in the week. So we'll, li- we'll, we'll lift or do, a, do a, a heavy contraction dry land uh, on, on Tuesday and then do some power and speed work in the water. And then uh, they'll actually have a, uh, a more technical, if you call it, um, they'll have a little bit more technical dry land or, or light external loading. Uh, where we're focusing a little bit more on connection and power transfer uh, from fingertips to toes on Thursday. And then we'll get in and swim aerobically after that. Uh the, the, the real reason there is there, we don't need to do too much pure power development with, uh, with the younger athletes yet, um, especially ones that, that, that don't have a ton of dry land. Uh, knowledge or dryland experience yet. As a, as they go, the the model shifts somewhat more similar to uh, to what Sergio does. But um, the reason we swim, we do our aerobic swimming following that that lighter loading is just because the the CNS impact of that of that stuff is uh, is not as heavy. And uh, I'm looking, I'm still looking to develop athletes to move on to a uh, to a later stage hopefully have a have a lo- little bit longer of a career than what uh than just my program so um uh most of what we do is centered on transfer of energy transfer of flow connection through the through the hips and shoulder girdle uh not necessarily interested in them being the biggest strongest uh person out there it's very similar to what what surgeon and, and i have uh, discussed in the past is i'm actually very 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 disinterested in hypertrophy work there's some that's necessary that comes from you know uh, an anatomical adaptation phase a a pure general physical preparation phase but um, when the kids are when the kids are as young as they are um, almost everything everything they do is a general prep for the later stages in in their career if we get some kids that are uh, a little bit more geared towards uh, specific high performance in certain areas will kind of uh, will, will narrow or will add some things in to give them some success. Uh, I did that with a couple of my athletes uh, in the past, uh, one of which ended up being a junior world champion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I take a little bit different uh, of an approach uh, later in the week, only because I'm still trying to preserve when they do get older I want them to be able to connect aerobic power and anaerobic power. And I feel this way we're developing a little bit more aerobic power earlier in their careers so that when they hit the weight room and go straight into power work more traditionally or more frequently, when they go to a program like surges, they have a little bit more access of anaerobic power components because they're able to tie everything together and they're able to transfer, you know, hard contractions and heavy loads in the weight room and then apply that straight to the pool.
2: Hey,
1: but uh,
0: well, you're talking about what ages are you talking with when you do this? So on I, the aerobic I, side on, on Thursday.
1: Sure. Uh, girls start, start at thirteen. Guys usually somewhere around around their fifteenth birthday. We'll start talk. We'll start talking about some external loading work. Um, but uh, this is generally girls thirteen to thirteen to seventeen. Boys fifteen to seventeen. When they hit 18, if I have them on their 18th in that 18-19 year old range, uh, I will shift. I will shift their day later because they're gonna need. They're gonna need. Usually in the summer before they would go to college, I would shift. I would shift that that power speed day back a day for those older kids, so that they, one, because when they get to that age, going from. Uh, a heavy, uh, uh, a loaded dry land or uh, external loading into aerobic swimming tends to flatten them a little bit faster. Um, I'll I'll switch that day back, or if I have a kid that's maturing early, I'll switch that day back and 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 focus speed power coming out of external loading on Fridays.
0: I never um, coaching high school kids between the ages of fourteen and eighteen. I didn't really do weights until they were probably 18 before they went to college for the last few months just to teach them some exercises. So, um, I don't have much experience with younger kids doing weights.
1: Um, you know, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the loadings we're talking about when I'm talking about younger kids, uh, especially those 13, those 13, 14, 15 year olds, uh, we are talking medicine ball work and maybe a little bit heavier medicine ball work than what, what, uh, what Serge does with his medicine ball cycle, stuff like that. Because um, usually with those, you're, t- you're, you're looking at uh, 8 to 10-pound medicine balls, right, Serge? Well,
0: we, don't, we use between six and, 6 and 8 pounds. I don't think we have many okay. 10 pounds. Uh, okay. I, I really believe that it's not how heavy the ball is, and it's how you can move it and how you can absorb the power absorb and your,
1: redirect.
0: Yeah, it absorb the power of your partner and how you can throw it. So it teaches your hands and you know your movements. You know, like the, right. you know, so uh, I I know some of the older guys. I think we have one is a twelve pound and a couple of ten pounds, but mostly are six to eight pounds.
1: Yeah, and and for from my time spent with Sergio and talking with them in this you know relationship that he's blessed me with having uh in learning from him uh and my understanding that the absorption and redirection of of energy and of loading um and that, that medicine ball circuit the medicine ball individual the partner stuff that falls heavily in my mind into uh generation of aerobic power because yeah. it's a long sustained it's long sustained energy so that has for me and for our sport I believe that has to come first before you know before the weight room stuff before that because the that it it is external loading but it's constant long-term low-level external loading it's like swimming with a low stroke count in the water consistently it's building long-term it's building a long-term basis for a high level of power generation later Um, you know i i was lucky enough to have a couple guys that were 22 low 21 high and uh, you know, Surge's medicine ball circuit for them, from where where they came up, it got to a point where aerobically it would just it would fry them. And it was it, that was probably more on my my part not having them aerobically developed enough. But I also think physiologically it had something to do with it in terms of these guys only swam the fifty. One of them was twenty one six, and was barely forty nine five in the hundred. So they they twitched really heavily, but doing something like that was actually more engaging to them. And they were, I, was, I felt like we were able to get a whole lot more out of it aerobically than getting in and them swimming enough. So I, that's, that's just how, that, that's just how I, I looked at it for, for certain individuals. Um, they were in the later stage of the career. They're 19, 20, 22 years old. So uh, that's just a different observation for you. Awesome.
0: Ivan, hey, can you share what you do over there at Nexus?
3: Um, well, we, I actually recently, uh, been watching also online podcasts with Gennady Turecki, you know, a uh, coach of Alexander Popov and stuff. And just, I also want to share whilst you were talking, because I need to go very soon. Um, he said very interesting thing about how to get out of, uh, this situation where we don't swim, we exercise, we do some land training and all that kind of stuff. So that was actually interesting thing to say. He's saying uh, be careful with weight room. You know, try to start with very basics, you know, even body weight exercises, you know, simple stuff for about four or five weeks even. So don't rush with weights and all that. So what we do at Nexus, um, uh, we normally do, so we have uh, four uh, dry length um, slots, which is Monday. Uh, sorry, um, uh, Monday I can't. I can't be there because I'm running everything—land training and, and swimming. So uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So my uh, senior kids—they lifting on Tuesday and they lifting on actually Saturday. Sorry, and lifting on Saturday. Yeah. So um, I actually last year. So well, I'm, the age I'm coaching—it's anywhere between thirteen. No I have a one twelve uh boy so thirteen to seventeen years old kids um, look uh i think uh, like i agree with i agree with all of you what you're saying uh, I guess uh, f- for girls who are thirteen fourteen and if they're physiologically prepared, I believe it's time for them to start introducing uh some basic uh, weight exercises not necessarily heavy weight but you know you know technique of squat deadlift and all that kind of stuff um, but most of the stuff we're doing stretch cords and medicine balls really uh, you know uh, I guess we do a lot of medicine balls uh, uh, we we normally keep keep it like all the way through uh, each cycle so, combining medicine balls with, boi- with body weight exercises, you know, lots of skipping. We do lots of skipping uh, in, um, uh, through, through the sets. So, for example, it can be uh, six rounds of something and we go two minutes skipping. So, to keep that aerobic component. And also, I believe that basic things like skipping uh, connects your feet to your brain. So, it's kind of the longest connection you really have in your, in your, in your body it's your brain and your feet. So uh, we use that a lot, Um, and it's just very hard as well. (laughs) So um, yeah, so we do, for example, first cycle three, which is I have a three cycles, three three cycle planning. We do more like a generic stuff. We do um, uh, weights not heavier than maybe uh, you know forty or fifty percent. Uh, of the body weight or even even less. Uh, just technique, just to get them uh, to explore a little bit. And then my older kids, um, and again, boys who swim 50, 100, uh, they have a band session, uh, heavy weight, and we start building maybe uh, three sets by one, uh, about 90, 95%. Again, I'm talking about 16, 17 boys, they're about to graduate. Uh, meantime younger kids and younger girls 13 14 they are doing weights but it's just uh, like 5 kg or just a simple medicine ball some movements you know some rotational movements you know and all that um you know i'm my group is very different i have uh, anyone between who's swimming 100 meters 106 107 girls and who's swimming 55 seconds girls right so it's kind of very difficult uh, but you know i 'm just trying to juggle around between between different levels um, for example Carmen started um, I started introducing her weights only last year really, and she was like doing thirty uh, like thirty percent or twenty five percent very light stuff uh just to you know to to be careful you know to keep you away from injuries and stuff like that um, we're doing all the traditional stuff but we are just we are just not loading we're not really lifting heavy stuff i guess okay. medicine medicine balls skipping rope body weight exercise are always there and uh, like Sergio said uh, you stop uh, annual training or you make it optional 3 4 weeks before competitions uh we don't do that because uh, i only do 10 about 10 to 9 days for boys and we really even drop uh, we even, we even we stop weights but we still carry on for about three four days conditioning and then we stop completely six days in for girls a little bit closer because they're just young they recover faster than your guys yeah. um, and then what i experienced with for example again uh, with my top athlete carmen right we had to um even dur- uh, during uh competitions in kazan and through the summer we have to, we had to even during competitions to do some conditioning stuff when she had a day off, uh, because uh, it's she's a, s- a swimmer 50 100 meters, and I just could tell even her performance in the water really really depends how she feels her body, so to keep her conditioned I had to actually inject some of the some of the exercises body weight or medicine ball exercises during competitions so it's it's very it's very depends on each athlete it's kind of really is you never know how what what, you're right or you're you're wrong sure
0: and do you have a strength and conditioning coach that helps you
3: or you just plan everything well no i just uh learning from from basically my experience other coaches experience i don't have a specific guy who does it unfortunately but yeah we are just a small school we are only 900 kids in the school and uh it's basically me and my assistant coach and coaches who are looking after curriculum swimming so right sorry i have to start my pe lesson i have to i I will come back though i'll be back back after my pe lesson all right Uh, thank you
0: uh uh miguel are you there oh does any
2: uh how are you hold on you need to unmute this thing Can you hear me?
0: Now you're good. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. All
1: right.
2: Hey, so, good
0: morning, guys. So, so explain to us what you do over there at your school with the uh, uh, dry land, the conditioning. Well, we, uh,
2: we obviously have a very similar background, even though we never physically coincided. So, I followed very much um, on. On Joseph Nagy's work when when I was young and um so there are a couple of things that we do slightly different than you but um many of them will will you will realize they coincide and when we're talking about um dryland for such a broad scope as I have where my kids I would say range between 14 and 24 um I want to take the um Fina group, so 17 to 25, so 17 to 24, <clears throat> and when, what we do with them is uh, fairly similar to what you do, except from the beginning of the season, we do a lot of power work with plyometrics, okay, and those plyometrics go beyond your um, medicine ball. We do a lot of jumping, we do a lot of turns with jumps, we do a, a lot of um, what now has come to be called the um, the HIT, uh, or the... Um, um, I know what you mean, the HIT, the HIT, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that type of thing we do from the beginning of the season. So at the beginning of the season, for the first four or five weeks, we do general wage twice a week. And then plyometrics twice a week. And the general weights we do very light, and we do around um, 16 reps just to prepare them, to teach them how to do it. But once we get to um, the point where they're ready, the stronger kids will start with a warm up and then go into a two rep max. And the two rep max, they have landmarks that we got from the British national team where they think um once you get to a landmark where you can do two reps with a certain amount of weight over your body weight um any more strength than that doesn't give you any additional benefit in the water and and these landmarks are broken down by men women sprinter middle distance distance people so they're trying to hit that landmark at the beginning of the weight training and then they do a general circuit where they go a little bit over the hypertrophy group so we go both um intramuscular coordination with a lot of uh, strength and muscular resistance and we try to avoid the hyper the hypertrophy bracket okay then the other two days where we're trying to do all this um training or um the the power boxing with all the jumping and the rope and all this type of thing Um, we will vary it every uh, four to six weeks, change the circuit. And right now, we're very fortunate that we have a dryland coach as well, Mar Mariani, who was in, in the military in, in the U.S, and he was um, worked with some different university teams. So uh, we rely a lot on him. But we try to do quick movements and movements that comprise the whole body. Okay, so we may have some jumping stations and some medicine ball stations and then some stations that will try to um, include the whole body movement. Um, And we evolved that into uh, one detail that I think um, is different for Asia. And I don't know why, but my experience, when you said some people start tapering and they change their um, physical training we, I have noticed that with Asian people, I keep them in the weight room, even though they may be only 10 minutes and just smell the weights, but I keep them in the weight room until three days before the meet. Um, when I taper them off too early for the weight room, they they lose their power very quick, but they're capable of um, of um, maintaining or of, of working with much um, more constant loads in the weight room than 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 what we did, or than what uh, Westerners are, you know, Westerners I think are more um, more intense, and then they need longer period of rest. And and my Asian swimmers, um, I feel they can maintain that a little bit closer to the main meat.
0: Interesting, yeah, very good. And uh, this one of the uh, one of the coaches here. Has asked in the in the chat if it, it, it is it possible to get a copy of those landmarks from the British people? Do you have those things?
2: Uh, oh. well, I I got them off the internet, so, so. I'm pretty really sure of the British. It's not a secret, huh? Um, oh. I mean, I was talking to a friend of the British national team who who was here, and he told me about him, and so. and he showed me a piece of paper. So I looked it up on on the internet. So probably on, on their website they might have it, no? Absolutely, you know, 100 percent sure. Um, I don't know exactly with, with, which which web page, but I had four exercises or five, I don't remember, um bench press and and pull-ups, and the pull-ups are like um body weight plus 30 kilos for for a sprinter, something like that. Don't ask me, because I put it on a on a um, piece of sheet, I gave it to the swimmers, and then I follow up whether they are close to it, or whether they're getting closer or not, and um, it's it's totally available on, on the net. Uh, yeah.
0: So awesome! Um,
2: th- thanks a lot, Miguel. I think it's it's very. Thank interesting. you, man. Yeah, and I, I, know, I think uh, we have a depth of gratitude with you for doing this.
0: Oh um, no! I th- oh, thank, thank you me. very much. I think it's very interesting because you have the final group. You have, besides Asians, you have a lot of different cultures and different body types, you know. And uh, it, it has to be interesting. I know when I was, you know, at balls, I had some Asians, some people from all over the world, some people from the Caribbean, some people, and it's very interesting how each one reacts differently, you know, their body oh, types, absolutely. yeah. their their bone yeah. density is different. You know, we have a lot of, you have an African-American kid or a black kid, and the body density is so much thicker, uh, heavier than uh, than a kid from the Caribbean. There is a mix of black with Dutch or this or that, and they float better. And you know, it's so it's very interesting. So
2: absolutely, the black people they, they need more rest, and they need um. So they we we polarize everything with them. They go faster and slower in the same workout. So, I Even mean, if we're doing twenty, one hundred, from one thirty, and the kids are trying to go best plus ten, the, the black people will go seventy-five easy, and then the last twenty-five fast, because they want to go slower and faster. And, and um, when we go in the weight room, the same thing happens. They'll really pound those two reps. And when they're going number sixteen, they're just, you know, kind of breezing through it. And and no matter how much I try to push them, they oh, I'm really tired. And then they do the two reps, and they'll put um you know double what they need sure Say, the, the the landmark is there for a reason you don't need more strength than this yeah but i like it you know they or when we're doing the jumps they want to be jumping the highest but as soon as they turn around they stop and they're resting Sure. so yeah it's very interesting
0: i always believe that uh, um sometimes some of the the swimmers are too strong for their own good you know i had a i love the i love the top swimmers that i coach uh, like at the 2017 World Championships, I had uh, a swimmer in the U.S. team, in the 4x100 free relay, that won a gold medal. Two of my swimmers in the Brazilian team, they won a silver medal. And one of my swimmers in the Hungarian team, they won a bronze medal. And um, it's very funny because uh, one of the guys, Marcelo Cigarini from, from Brazil, He's very good. I had to pull him off the weights because he was. <laughs> he, he gets in the weight room and he did some weights for the legs. But for one year, he didn't do. He pretty much almost for one year didn't lift, and he split a forty-six-six in long course and the freestyle. Because you know the, the poor guy, he's so good, but he was getting so strong. The, the last twenty-five yards, fifteen yards of the race, he couldn't finish it. So I what? think some some people are wrong. Like like the British are very smart. By having a landmark or something where you don't need to be stronger than that
2: correct people, i think
0: that's a mark yeah people don't understand that people think that the stronger than i am the faster i'm gonna go and that's not true you know
3: yeah oh sorry guys i'm back yeah sorry i was i rushed a little bit uh i totally agree it's very individual and uh you know doing now i personally kind of sometimes confused i need to sit down and actually really think of every single swimmer what's actually i feel required with, with basic tasting yeah so there are lots of examples uh, with especially girls you start putting uh some uh, land training work on you know some weight, uh, heavy weights or whatever or uh, close to heavy weights they're gaining weight very quickly then some some workout then I tried, where it's uh, light weights, but it's uh, more like a high intensity, you know, like 45 plus 15, and many lots of lots of lots of repetitions. They start losing losing weight quickly. So it's kind of it's it's always it's always that that balance for every individual athlete, I, I think. And and Sergio, right? And you know, some people just as soon as they get in in the weight room, they becoming stronger and you know, bigger and bigger, and it not, it, 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 it's not it's not it's not it's, it's not always work, you know? So uh, it's, it's really tricky, I think. You know,
0: you know, one of the reasons why I like to stop uh, four or five weeks before, it doesn't matter how big you are, is because one of the, th- uh, the, th- the things that I like, and if we need to go into the weight room, we can, but normally we haven't, because I, I really believe the body, the, the muscle has to change to be a, a, a little bit more elastic than some guys are so strong. And sure, might work for a 50 freestyle. But, you know, like, for example, I had a guy from Hong Kong that his best time was 22-7. And he liked to be in the weight room all the time, all the time. And I convinced him, well, pretty much 10 weeks, 10 weeks out of being in the weight room, 10 weeks, he ended up going from 22-7 20 to, to 22 to 22-18, 20 20 and missed the Olympic, card, uh, the Olympic time by... 17 one-hundredths of a second or whatever it was and and he couldn't believe it he's like oh wow you know and he, in, in his other freestyle he dropped a lot too. so so it's it's not that he didn't need to be in the wave room but he was i think he, he was too strong for his own good and he couldn't finish the races
3: yeah you know? well see it's again it's individual <clears throat> i guess and uh I, I i just listened to a couple of um, russian coaches uh, and and I, from from my experience, I know Russians don't do very well outside of the pool. Uh, and I, whether they don't believe or they just, you know, don't do it. Um, uh, and uh, there's a guy uh, who just swam, I think, in European Championships for 100 AM, 17 years old, for, for two or for one, um, um, I think, winning a gold medal. So the guy... Has done no land training whatsoever in his life. Just was swimming six times a week. So there is a, there's a lot of crazy things like I keep hearing about do, do land training or do weights or do land training or don't do it at all. Like, and I agree with Sergio that, you know, muscles must adopt to uh, technique and to the water and all this kind of stuff. And, like, you know, it's just, it just, it just kind of crazy. Like, it's very individual, I guess.
0: Yeah. It's 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 what we talked before. Sorry, Miguel, it's what we talked before, you have to be observant. You know, one of the things that I told my strength and conditioning coach, I, I like working with them because but I don't because I don't have control over it. But one of the things is in the moment that I see the, the athletes come into the pool and they cannot swim because they're too sore or they cramp up, we're done with the weights. We're not doing any more weights. Mm. Because if they cannot perform in the water to whatever level, aerobic work, fast work, anaerobic work, lactic work, whatever it is that we need that day, it's not good. But, well, uh,
2: Miguel, you were going to say something.
0: Yeah, I wanted to
2: point, point out something that you just said and that I find very interesting um, because many people get the terms confused or they don't just understand how they apply to swimming. And, and you talked about swimming needing to be elastic and and when, when we do the dry land, elasticity is something that we're always talking about and every time a new swimmer comes they say oh elasticity no i'm really elastic look that no you're really flexible
0: mm-hmm.
2: and 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 we confuse that flexible i have a pair of underwear that worn off and they're very flexible but they never go back to their original shape that's not elastic that's flexible so When we talk about plyometrics, we're talking about that elasticity. And when we swim, the elasticity is not the ability to stretch further. It's the ability to um, store all the energy of that stretch so that it's utilized when you pull. And utilizing the energy when you're pulling, having that uh, capacity to bounce back to a stretched position is a trainable feature. That's why, like I said, we do a lot of plyometrics, but we're always talking about um, the muscle contracting, and then um, when they go back to their original position or the muscle extending, and when they go back to their original position, going back, utilizing all that power to create forward motion. And unfortunately, many people don't understand that in the weight room. So if, if you are lifting weights at a very slow speed and you're lifting weights, Of course, you know, you need to do the um, eccentric eccentric part slow. But when you do the weights, every time you do the weights, it needs to be with a little bit of elasticity, trying to get that speed to use the um, stretching of the muscle to store energy and then throw it back when you're doing the movement. Um, So I don't know if anybody has any opinions of that. But I think that's an interesting a future. It, it's a storage of improvement for the future.